Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Pursuing Jesus Podcast. My name is Shane Winnings, and we're talking about abortion today, specifically how to talk about it. How do you... My headphones are messing up. There we go. How do you talk about this? It's a hard topic for many. Maybe you're uninformed or you're uncomfortable. Well, I hope that this episode will just shine a little bit of light on some uh, arguments you can make. And, and an argument, I don't mean you're in a yelling match with someone. I mean you're presenting a side and you have justification for it and you have some conviction behind it and it's something that you can stand on. And so we're going to get into that today. And um, I want to make a little note here. Let me know if you're watching on YouTube, where are you watching from? And if it's your first time, let me know that as well. All right. Made a little note for the end of the podcast. I have something really good to drop. So this is going to be a general guide to diffusing arguments and proclaiming truth. So stay to the end. I'm going to equip you. Listen, this is this is not an extensive, exhaustive list. There are way better um, pro-life advocates and, and people who just know facts and all this crazy stuff. And I don't know all of the facts, but I have some general knowledge about arguments from the other side and how to diffuse them and how to stand in a place of truth. I don't need to know all the facts. They can be helpful. But for me, if I get to the core of what you're trying to say and I can deconstruct that and I can poke holes in it, you're not going to have an argument anymore. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Hey, we're, we're going to stop for a moment and just thank our sponsors, uh, Promise Keepers and Aligned Mortgage. Um, you know, Promise Keepers exist to build up godly men for a better tomorrow, especially on this topic of abortion. We need godly men because abortion comes from pregnancy, and pregnancy takes a man and a woman, and it is full responsibility on both sides to bring a child into the world. And we need godly men. And so over here at Promise Keepers, which I'm a partner of and proud to be, um, we are constantly putting out good content that is steering people towards truth on the narrow path towards life, which is Jesus Christ. So make sure you download the Promise Keepers app. We've got an online community there. We have tons of virtual events. We have in-person events coming up, one of which was canceled because of a strong stance we took on a cultural matter. But we're not backing down. We'll just reschedule it somewhere else. This is an organization you want to be a part of, organization you want to be a part of if you're a man. And so make sure you get that app as well because there are Bible and devotional plans and teaching, some of which I've written or recorded. Also, Aligned Mortgage. If you're a veteran looking for a home loan, you've got to go to alignedmortgage.com and ask for Ronnie and tell him that Shane sent you. Alignedmortgage.com if you're a veteran. They empower veterans to own a piece of land that we defended. Uh, Jessica and I just closed on our home um, yesterday. We, or we signed the papers yesterday. It was such a great feeling. We used a line. They helped us use our VA loan. They um, equipped us with some knowledge about the VA loan. It's very helpful. There's no down payment. There's so many benefits to the VA loan if you're a veteran. But guess what? Only 15% of vets use it. That means 85% don't. So let these guys help you out. They'll get you into a great house. They uh, they want to hear your story. They're not just a big bank that's simply going to look at numbers and write you off if you're not you know, meeting their expectations. They want to hear you. They want to help you. I've heard some crazy testimonies of how they have helped people in dire need. So again, alignedmortgage.com. Ask for Ronnie. 
Okay, we're back to the episode. I'm just going to quickly hit a couple of main arguments and how to diffuse them, okay? First one, my body, my choice, right? The, I will say that people who are out of their minds um, love to just repeat things over and over and over like a broken record. When someone doesn't have anything else to say, they just turn into robots on repeat. And if you've ever been to any kind of rally with pro-life or anything, there are people screaming my body, my choice, which is such a lame argument. Here's why. It's not, it's not your body. The baby is not your body. Um, it's an entirely separate body. Now, you might be talking about your uterus, but we're not aborting your uterus. We're not aborting your ovaries. You don't lose your uterus. You don't lose your ovaries unless something goes wrong, which many abortions result in uh, a catastrophic failure of organs and um, even death in many cases. It's very serious, actually. That's another reason we're against abortion, because it kills women as well. It kills the mom. But even science, this isn't even a religious thing right here. Science says it's a separate body with separate DNA. So when this comes up, the first thing I say is, well, you're right. It is, it is, uh, a, diff it is a body with a choice. It's a, it's, a, it's a different body. Are you a science denier? This is what I ask people. Are you a science denier? Because science, even it doesn't matter what religion they are, atheists, whatever, the top scientists in the world will agree that a baby is a separate body with separate DNA. There is not one respectable, credible scientist that would say the baby is the body of the mother and has the same DNA. It doesn't work like that. It is a separate body that is growing. This should be common knowledge, but it's not. It's like saying that a, 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 a goose that's growing an egg, that the, the baby goose inside of that egg is the goose's body, the mother's body. It's not. It's its, it's own body in an egg. Well, females, you grow a baby in an embryotic, ambiotic sac, I think. I don't, I don't, I don't remember the phrase, uh, the word, but it's in a sac, right, um, with ambiotic fluid. And it's its own body, its own DNA. Science says this. This isn't even a religious Christian thing. It's science. So I ask people who say, my body, my choice. I say, you know that it's not your body. We're talking about the baby here. Oh, hands off my body. No, what about the baby's body? What about the baby's body? Do you agree that it's a different body? Are you a science denier? I ask people this. Now, Oftentimes, the, you know, you'll back them into a corner, they'll change the argument. Well, it's not even a baby yet. Okay, when does it become a baby? Isn't it interesting that in the state of Florida and many others, if you touch a sea turtle egg, if you disturb a nest, you can go to jail and get fined tens of thousands of dollars if you mess with an egg. Not even kill a sea turtle if you disturb a nest or mess with an egg. Why is that? Because the state recognizes that the potential of life to come earthside is growing inside of these eggs. And maybe it has to do with extinction, the preservation of these animals. You are not allowed to touch those. And they're all over the place in the dunes on the beaches in Florida. So we give more rights to a sea turtle egg because we recognize the value of life inside of that egg than we do a baby in the womb.
Now imagine that I took a sea turtle out of the egg, baby sea turtle, it's alive, and I begin to pluck its little limbs off one by one. I would not only go to jail for disturbing with sea turtles, but I'd go to jail for animal abuse. And yet we can do these abortions in the secrecy of a womb and say that it's healthcare. Absolutely idiotic. And so I ask people, when does it become a baby? And I talk about the sea turtle thing. Now people will say this, well, it's just a clump of cells. Okay, well, I'm a clump of cells. You're a clump of cells. We just look different. I look different than I looked when I was two years old. When I was two, I looked different than I looked when I was eight months old. When I was eight months old, I looked a little bit different than I did in the womb, but I was the baby looks the same 30 minutes before they're born as when they're born. You understand that? Like the only difference is it's not in a, in a mommy's belly anymore. It's a full-blown baby. It's always a baby. Now you can just see it. If the mother's womb was made of glass, you'd be able to see it perfectly clearly. Oh, and we have ultrasound technology. You know, the clump of cells argument is based on outdated science from, I think, the 70s. Bad ultrasounds. But now the technology shows way more than that. It's not a clump of cells. You can see a baby, like the outline of a baby. And if you get 4D, you can literally see the baby's face. It's incredible. So the clump of cells argument is out. I would just say, hey, you realize that's a 50-year-old argument. We have way better technology now. There's so many reasons to tell you that it's not just a clump of cells, obviously, but now we have the technology. Oh, and by the way, what is that clump of cells going to grow into? Because it's always a baby. It just looks different. Have you matured? Have you aged? Was there a time when you didn't hit puberty and then you hit puberty? You see how the body changes, but you're still a human being? It's the same thing. Guys, these are basic arguments. I can't even believe I have to make this episode, but this is how you diffuse someone who's in their lizard brain and they're not thinking straight and they're just yelling the same thing over and over again. These are some of the arguments you can use. Now, as a Christian, we have a much higher standard. Our standard is conception, which really it's the knowledge that you're pregnant. And, and it's also, it goes further that we will not do anything to prevent a pregnancy because that's playing God. Now, pregnancy literally means with child, but it's amazing that Psalm 139 tells us God's design. If you've got your Bible, flip to Psalm 139. I'm going to go there really quick. I probably should have just pulled this up before, but we'll just flip there. Psalm 139. You tell me what God thinks about us. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down, and are acquainted with all of my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before, and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, I, it is high, I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. Guys, we're known by God. But listen to this. This is what I wanted to get to. 
for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. You see, God is making children in secret, in the secrecy of the womb. He is knitting them together. He's making them. And the enemy has come to perform murders in the secrecy of the womb and try to justify it. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. Guys, clump of cells argument, Psalm 139.16. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. God saw you when you were a clump of cells. And it still says that all of the days of your life were written in his book. If God can see a child unformed, just a substance, just a a sperm that met an egg, and conception happened, and God sees that and says, that is life, then we better grab a hold of that same concept. I'm just saying there is never a biblical justification for anyone, especially a Christian, to murder a child. Because God has made it clear, I see that baby when they are not even formed, when they are just a substance that you want to stamp out with a plan B, or with a pill from an abortion center, or with a surgery, or with a whatever. God sees it. And Christians, there is never a place to be pro-choice, because pro-choice is pro-murder. Pro-choice is saying, well, I wouldn't murder a baby, but it's okay if you do. I don't want to get in your business. Never. It's never okay. That'd be like me saying, hey, I don't want to murder your family, but if someone else wants to, well, they should be allowed. I don't want to intrude on their rights. Idiotic. God sees. God knows. Now, here's what people will do in light of all these things. You back them into a corner and they'll say, well, what about this? And here comes the what-if game, and they will insert the most insane scenarios in history. Now, I don't need the answer for every scenario, because I understand the root of what they're saying. They are trying to justify the murder of the baby. All they're trying to do is get you to justify the murder of a baby. Well, what if it's a, a uh, what if it's a two-year-old, and the two-year-old somehow has working female reproductive abilities, and the two-year-old gets raped, and now the two-year-old's pregnant? You're gonna make that two-year-old like they, people will say the most insane things to try to get you to side with them. What is their side? Justify this murder with me. Well, what if it's a fourteen-year-old and her dad raped her, and now she's pregnant? You're gonna make her care forced pregnancy? That's a crime. You're trying to get me to justify murder. Let me answer this with another question. What percentage of rapes have been made better because a murder then followed? A woman is not going to get unraped. It, it is not heartless to say, 
hey, I'm so, what happened to you was horrific. It never should have happened. There's healing for you. We're here for you, for your sexual abuse, your trauma. But rape was never made better by the victim becoming a victimizer. The baby didn't do anything. The woman who was sexually abused and assaulted is not going to feel any better by turning around and committing murder. It is inhumane. It is against your very nature to kill what is growing inside of you, and you know this. A murder never justified a rape. Here's the other part. A victim doesn't get closure or any kind of satisfaction by becoming the victimizer and making the baby the aim of their frustration, hate, whatever you want to say. You're not going to get closure. In fact, even statistically, women who commit abortions are far more likely to be depressed, suicidal, take their own lives. Why is that? Because it is a horrific thing to kill a life inside of you. You will never get me to justify doing that. It is possible to stand with someone in their pain and still advocate for truth. I want to finish with with a couple of thoughts here. This is the big one. Abortion is playing God. Abortion is saying, I know what is best for this life. And remember that the view is based on carnal, earthly wisdom, which is sensual and demonic. What do I mean by that? The people who say this, they don't see clearly. They only see through their circumstances. It's totally void of hope and faith. Because if it had hope and faith, they would say, well, I know I'm not in a great circumstance, but I believe that God can do this. I believe that God can use this situation. Guys, there's so many amazing people that were conceived out of rape whose mom wanted to abort them and then did not, and now they're amazing people. Because where you come from or how you were even conceived does not have one ounce to do with your worth as a human being. Your worth is found in the cross of Jesus Christ. And the only way you're ever going to have peace and satisfaction in your soul and know your purpose and your value and your identity is to seek Jesus with your whole heart. Or... You can let your life be defined by how you got here and some guy just, you know, had a drink too many and slept with your mom and she was young and well, she just had you and you were conceived illegitimately. You can just let that define your life for your whole life. And where does that get you? That doesn't produce any fruit. And you're giving so much power to a one night stand or a moment of either consensual sex or non-consensual sex. You're letting that define your entire life instead of saying, hey, How I got here really sucks, and that's not God's design, but you know what? I trust God, I love God, and I believe He's going to use my life to redeem the very thing that brought me into this world. That's faith and hope. But people don't do that. They play God. They say, well, the baby won't have a good life. Well, I'm poor. I don't want to bring a baby into this bad situation. You're playing God. You're saying there's no chance for this kid to ever have a good life, and that is based on your brain, your knowledge, your information, your outlook. It's playing God. We are never meant to do that. And can I just say that if that is the case, if you have a horrible situation or something like that, 
adoption. There are millions of Christians that are waiting to adopt a baby. There are people who aren't Christians who are waiting to adopt a baby. So many people don't believe the lie. There are people waiting for kids. Oh, well, you know, his life's going to be hard, so we might as well just kill it. Come on. We can do so much better than that. Oftentimes, we hear the term forced pregnancy. That is 99%. This is statistically based because the uh, horrific things that happen to people that result in pregnancy are a very small percentage. Forced pregnancy is usually a lazy term used to justify promiscuity and consensual sexual escapades. Again, there's these buzzwords that people just want to keep using. Stop forced pregnancy. Did you know that abstinence results in pregnancy 0% of the time? Abstinence will never result in a pregnancy. It is 100% effective. This is why we're not even supposed to get uh, to have sex until we're married. Now, I wasn't great about that. I was totally living in my flesh, and I thank God that I didn't find myself in a situation where I brought a child into this world. But that was only by His grace. But now that I'm born again, now that I'm a Christian, I see. I see God's plan. Not just practically of, man, you shouldn't have sex till you're married because this could happen to this could happen. No, I understand that God is a loving Father and that He tells us these things for a reason. Not to mention the soul ties that are formed and the the heartache that comes and just the wear and tear on your soul from being with multiple people, all of that can be redeemed by God. But there's a reason that he tells us that this is reserved for a marriage. And when you're married and when you have intimacy with your spouse, it is wonderful and it can bring life into the world and you have a family in a good situation to bring that child into and you are trusting in God to help you every step of the way. This is God's design. We were called from the beginning to be fruitful and multiply within the confines of marriage. And what we've done is we've become a sexually charged generation where we're just doing whatever we do and if we become fruitful and multiply well we say well i don't want to be fruitful and i don't want to multiply but i still want to do the thing so let's figure out a way to get rid of the fruit it's demonic god will always advocate for you if you're standing in truth if you're trying to twist his word if you're trying to make an agenda work god will never advocate for you ever he'll never have your back in a lie so stand on truth final thoughts here when we're talking about conversations, you know, people who are against your position. This first thing is important to understand, and Jesus did this with the Pharisees and all kinds of people. You have, to, you have to figure out if people actually want to change. My mom is calling me right now. Okay, we'll call her back. You have to figure out if people actually want to hear your position. Because if they don't, then you're just arguing, and I don't argue. There's no point. So I try to recognize right away, is this person listening to me? Do they want to have a conversation or not? If not, I don't talk to them. I move on. This is so important because you will waste hours of your life responding to stuff to someone who is just antagonistic. Don't even give them the time of day. Now, here's what I like to do. I like to make people deny science. 
I said in the beginning, hey, it's a different body. Science says this. Are you a science denier? And if someone says, I don't believe that. Okay, you're a science denier. I can't have a conversation with you because you deny basic science. I mean, this is, this is easy. It's a, it's a different body. We're not going to get anywhere. Okay, so I'm done with that. Uh, make people say that it's a baby. Make people say it's a separate body. People try to skirt around, oh, it's a Columbus, it's just this. Get them, using those few arguments I gave you, get them to say that it's a baby, and here's what will happen. You'll get someone to the point, and I've had this happen multiple times, where they say, look, I don't care what it is, I don't want it. They'll dehumanize a child. They'll get so worked up to the point where they say, I don't care if it is a baby. I should have the right to do whatever I want. What they're saying is, I don't care if it's a kid, I should be able to kill it if I want to. And I'll stop the argument right there. And I'll say, hey, at least you're being honest and you're not trying to fool me while you're trying to fool yourself. You're okay with murder. Got it. And I'm done. I can stomach someone telling me they're okay with murder. I can, I can wrap my brain around that. It's evil. It's twisted. It's sick. I can't wrap my brain around someone trying to fool me while they're fooling themselves. Doesn't work. I'm not going to get caught in that. So I make people say it's a baby. I also let people dig their own hole. I let them just talk. I let them say things that contradict themselves. They always will because they are in delusion. They're not standing on truth. They're trying to contort and twist and bend, and it never works. But at the end of the day, you recognize if this person is willing to change their opinion, if they're willing to hear you out. If they're not, just move on. If they're not debatable, they don't want to hear you, they just want to argue, and I'll have no part of that. Remember, it takes two to tango, only one to pursue peace. So if the other person's trying to tango, I'm not joining you. Amen? Hey, listen, if this helped you, please like and comment on this video. If you're watching on YouTube, please give it a thumbs up. Comment what you think. It helps us in the algorithm. And here's the biggest thing you can do. You can share it. No matter where you're listening, hit the copy link button, hit that little arrow, wherever it is, send it to someone else. Post it to social media, send it to your friends and family, ask them what they think. Even send it to people who don't have the same opinion as you. Say, hey, listen to this guy. What do you think about this? It could start a conversation. Let's just get a conversation going with people who actually want to talk. Many, many, many people's opinions have changed on abortion because they just opened their mind to a conversation. And I'll tell you what is more convincing than anything is when people see videos of these 8, 10, 12, 20, 30-week babies that have been aborted, and they see the pieces of their little faces and their little limbs and their little, their little bodies that are all bloody because they've been aborted. That destroys people because you can see that it's a human being, and it will make you cry. I'm telling you, those pictures and videos along with this podcast, I really think we can help a lot of people come over to the side of life. Amen? Guys, finally, if you want to partner with us, everything we do is donor-based. If you like the podcast, if you support our ministry and our family, feel free to sign up to give at shanewinnings.com slash donate. Uh, we're asking for people to pledge a dollar a day. That's $30 a month. Consider doing that, guys. We're so thankful for you. And uh, we will include you on the monthly donor Zoom. If you sign up at any amount, uh, that donor Zoom is happening later this weekend. Guys, thanks so much for listening. We will see you next time.